Welcome to this episode of the Cool Tools Show and Tell. Our special guest this week is Michael Basista, and we would like to have him introduce himself and tell us about his tools. So, Michael, would you introduce yourself to the listeners and watchers? Hi, I'm Mike Basista. I'm a weekend maker and prop designer builder. Uh, so, sort of work on a few things, mostly for local high schools. That's fabulous. I'm just curious, where are you calling in from? Uh, calling in from just outside Pittsburgh, PA. Okay, Pittsburgh. That's a pretty nice town. So, um, with a lot of um, maker stuff going on, as to my knowledge. Yep. Welcome to the Cool Tools Show and Tell. So, what's uh, what's your first cool tool you want to show and tell? So, my first cool tool is it's a Hiradashi marking knife. Well, it looks now, pretty um, textured. Yeah, well, this one, uh, I gave you a link to one on Amazon that looks pretty similar, but this one was actually made by a local blacksmith for me uh, as a specific order. Uh, it's about uh, three, four inches long, the pretty substantially long blade. Uh, the important thing, though, is that it's designed as a marking knife for woodworking, which means that the edge is only on one side, so that the back side is completely flat. Now, what's, the benefit the of this... What's the advantage of that? Uh, the advantage of that is if you have a straight edge, you can uh, put the, the knife right against it, and then the cutting edge is right on that straight edge, so you get a very precise cut. I see. Uh, now, this is designed and sort of made initially for woodworking uh but as a prop builder i've used it for just about everything you can think of uh marking out joints for wood obviously but also things like cutting eva foam like foam uh -huh. floor mats uh xps foam like foam insulation boards right paper leather basically anything right so most people like myself are kind of lazy we would use a disposable blade for these with a box cutter knife or exacto knife you must sharpen it yourself i presume so the the issue i have with the disposable knives is i always forget to have replacement blades <laughs> whereas with this i can just pull out my whetstone run it across it a few times and it's back to razor sharp and i'm ready to go versus a potential run to the store to get more blades okay fair enough that's really great um and um and so you you sharpen it by hand then? Yeah, you can sharpen it by hand. And because it's got that flat edge on there, you can just sort of lay that edge down right? and run it across your whetstone or even sandpaper. And that'll help re-true that edge. Right. And and um, it looks kind of dangerous. So there's really no cap. You just kind of keep it unsheathed all the time. Right. I actually keep it mounted um, next to my chisels okay. on a magnet, uh, magnetic tool strip, sort of okay. point down so I don't accidentally... Right. Lob off finger. Yeah. And and the general term for that kind of tool is 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 what a marker? A wood uh marking knife. Marking knife. Marking knife. And you can get them that aren't the, the Japanese style. Uh there's a, a more Western style, but the Japanese one has a very long fret sized right. blade. Right. Which really helps you keep it up against that straight edge. If really you nice were to go to the affordable version of a Japanese marking knife, what would we expect the it to cost? I mean, I think you can get them on like Amazon or in other sort of tool 
yeah. stores for 20, 30 bucks okay. pretty relatively easily. Okay. It looks like the kind of thing you could maybe even make yourself if you were into trying to make a knife. Yeah. Uh, Metalworking is not one of the things I've gotten into yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's on my list somewhere. Uh, but yeah, it is uh, in terms of a knife relatively straightforward and that is sort of yeah. a flat bar. Yeah, because you have only one side you're sharpening and it's a pretty simple shape and there's no handle that yeah so yeah could be a good first project um well thank you so a marking knife something i didn't know about but thank you um so tell us about a second favorite cool tool so uh when i was uh, just finished up my first semester in college uh, i was given a swiss army knife for christmas uh, and that's lived in my pocket ever since uh which is great but Every so often you need something besides just the tools on the Swiss Army knife. Uh, so that's where I like a Leatherman. Now, I've got one of the big Leatherman waves, but it is sort of too big for me to carry easily. So it lives in my desk. Uh, so instead, what I have is um, this is a Leatherman PS2. Okay. Which is a, um, a Leatherman, which is the kind of the folding knife that folds, has that pliers, is the main feature. Right. And this one is a mini-ish version of it that's uh, about you know, two and a half inches, three inches long with the carabiner yeah. at the end. And it's a skeleton-ish in the sense that there's um, holes drilled in the in the sides for weight reduction, I suppose. Right. Uh, and this, uh, with that carabiner there, lives on my keychain, basically. Uh, and as such, it gets used a lot more often than the one that lives at my desk. Right. Uh, it's in your pocket. Right. So it unfolds. It's got a nice set of pliers on it, which has been helpful. Uh, I have a daughter who we've taken to like the, the Home Depot kids workshops uh, where they give them small nails and a hammer and dad gets to hold the nail. Uh, <laughs> so I found it. Yeah, I, I found yeah. it helpful to be able to hold that with a pair of pliers instead of my fingers. Um, I gave my my grown adult a daughter one of these because she um moved to an island in Greece and this is her, her probably her only tool but this is like one of the few tools she has and it's pretty versatile uh, again it's like a Swiss army knife because it has many blades and things and but it, it has a pliers which turns out to be a really essential crucial tool when you're doing stuff yeah and uh, you mentioned that it has blades this particular model does not have a blade Oh, okay. Which, what that means is I had another pair of, uh, of small Leatherman that lived on my keychain that I forgot when I got on an airplane. Ah. That one was, of course, then confiscated by the TSA. But because this one doesn't have a blade, uh, I fly just frequently enough that I'm on a plane somewhat regularly, but not enough that I have sort of a, a set routine. Yeah. So if I forget to take this off my keychain, I can pull it out, hand it to TSA ahead of time to say, this doesn't have a blade. They'll take a look at it and pass it back to me, basically. So um, so it's only a pliers. Well, that's, yeah. Um, and you find that that's useful enough without the blades. Well, it doesn't have the blades, but it does have other tools to it. It does have like a screwdriver and oh, okay. nail file, but it specifically does not have a knife blade. All right. I got it. Okay. Uh, and since I carry that Swiss Army knife with me all the time, I've got the knife part of it covered. All right. But okay. if I'm... You know, sure. backstage of the show, we need to make a quick wire repair. Uh -huh. This has, you know, wire snippers on it. 
So, but if, if do they make a version with a skeleton and that size that does have blades? Uh, I believe so. I knew they do make ones, uh, skeleton ones that do have knife blades. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I recall uh, having that. So, um, anyway, so, so so the what do you know what this is called? Just if someone wants to search for it, it's the Leatherman PS2. PS2, Leatherman PS2. For those of you googling, um, we'll have it in show notes as well. Yes, it's a, it's a nice little, uh, as you said, perfect for a keychain bob that's always in your pocket or close by. Right. Um, Michael, so um, tool number three, what do you suggest? So uh, tool number three is a little too big for me to pull over, uh, but it is a, a benchtop bandsaw. Uh, okay. The specific model I have is a, a Grizzly uh, G0803Z. Well, sure that means something doesn't mean a lot to me, but like, is it yeah. sort of, does it have like a, is it 12 inch thing, a nine inch? Uh, so it's a, a nine inch bandsaw and it's a bench top model. Yeah. Now, woodworkers will tell you to buy the biggest bandsaw you can, you can basically, uh -huh. either afford or fit. But I don't do a whole lot of woodworking and I'm not splitting, <laughs> ripping wood down. But similar to the, the Kiridashi marking knife, I've used it to kind of cut a little bit of everything. Right. So I'm doing sort of fine detail cuts with it. Um, I had to make a sextant for the shawl I'm working on right now. And I just made real quick out of wood and I was able to do most of the cuts just directly on that. But in addition to wood, I've also cut, again, EVA foam on it, uh, PVC pipe. Uh, you can, I haven't done it myself, but you can put brass and aluminum on it. Uh, right. Maybe not a steady diet of it. And again, sort of the, the common thread about my tools is it's right there yeah. and easily accessible for me. Right. I had a, a, a nine inch one that was just not, I don't know. It was a really super cheap one and it just didn't perform well. So I finally went and made my own version from a Bauer portable metal bandsaw. And I made a little stand for it out of wood. And that's the tool I almost use the most often now. And I cut everything on it, metal yeah. all the time. I'm always, I mean, I just like, if I have to cut anything that doesn't really require, it's not a very long cut. Um, it goes on to this little thing, which is on my bench. And um, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's the thing I turn on the most often. Yeah, same. It's just, it's, it's right there. It's handy. Um, this particular model has a built-in light uh, and blower to blow the, the sawdust out yeah. of the way so it's one of those where it's just sort of the right combination and it's big enough to be able to sort of handle stuff without bogging down right and um you say it was a grizzly did you say yeah yeah so that's it's chinese and what, what what did it cost do you remember uh i think i got it on sale like 230 230 dollars yeah which is a which is a great a great price for one that's ready to go right. um yeah, if you're not if you're not you know resawing wood, the height doesn't really matter too much. And if you're working with smaller things, even the throat is not that critical. Again, I, the little one I'm working on has a throat of like six inches, but I still use it all the time. Yeah. Um, so um, that's really great. Okay, so what's another and your fourth um, selection for us? 
So I, I was initially going to throw in my, my 3D printer, but I don't think that the Cool Tools uh, audience needs to be told about 3D printers. Well, unless you have a particularly good one, the thing I know about 3D printers is that they're infuriatingly temperamental and always on the glitch. I wouldn't say always because I'm right now I'm in the period where mine is working, but but it hasn't been. My son has the same problem, and it's um, it's like my gosh, th these are not quite really ready for prime time. So, do you have one that you are very um, happy with? Well, actually, the 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 one I have currently is. Um in pieces at the moment as I'm trying to get working again. <laughs> uh, I have one that I've ordered that I hope is going to work out better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But well, yeah, I mean, I, ha I have a Prusa, which I made from a kit. I assembled it, which I don't recommend because it was way more time than I thought. But um, the advantage of that, of course, is I am able to un <laughs> undo it when it breaks because I right. put it together the first time. Um, but it does need a little bit more attention than I was expecting. So, okay, you don't want to recommend a, a 3D printer. What would you suggest instead? So instead of that, it's a sort of what you can do with the 3D printer that's uh, come out. Uh, I hesitate to even call it a system. It's more like a, a, a product or not even a product, but a system. And it's called Gridfinity. Yes. And you can see this is one of the base plates. And the idea is right. that- so, you... so you're holding up a piece of plastic that's been printed 3D and it's, yep. um, it's in a grid. It's like a- six pieces that are two by three and they're a little um and we call it there um what, how would they're you like call little it? tabs in the corner yeah there's tabs and kind of a recess thing obviously for something to, to fit into it to lock in so describe go ahead keep going so what you do is you, you print out these base plates you can print them sort of any size uh it's an open source uh thing so you can make changes as you need and then you print out like bins or whatever else to sort of slot into those. Right. And then that holds it on place. And bins are just sort of the start of this. Uh, I also have one that I printed off to hold off like USB and SD cards. Mm -hmm. And they all sort of will lock together. And because it's all the same system, they all work together. Right. So you held up a little piece of plastic. It was kind of a plastic base that had slots of the appropriate size in it that you could stick um, cards or thumb drives. And the idea here is that you are making a system that's modular. So you can fit it into a drawer or somewhere where all the pieces are a modular size that are interchangeable and kind of mix and match within that grid itself. And they right. form a lock interlocking system that keeps them snug. And I think, uh, and it will fill up the entire it will tile the entire space when 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 you're when you're done, um, and I don't know if they make inserts for like containers that they have lids or not. I, I don't know if Infinity things whether they have gotten into the Stanley cases or or whatever. I'm, I'm imagining you could do that. Yeah, I mean that's the the really nice thing about it is it's because it is basically all open source is that you can design and print whatever you want so long as it's got these sort of forty two millimeter squares. Uh, to hold things. So bins are sort of just the start. I mean, if you go on, uh, they have their own website, grid, gridfinity.xyz. Uh, it's all created by uh, a YouTuber, Zach Friedman. And open and, source at this point. So there's tons and tons of people who are contributing yeah. files that you can download and sometimes maybe buy um, or for free. And you can download them and, you know, 
STL and print them out um, yep. yourself. When you're working. And um, if, yeah, if your 3D printer is working. <laughs> and Or you can contribute. You can make your own version and say, you know, I have this tool and I'm going to make a little thing for it and here it is. And you other people can search for it and say, well, here's the file and I'll print that for my version or my copy of it. Uh, yeah, you see a lot of uh, ones out there for just about anything. Uh, soldering irons are popular. It's particularly like the, the pine cell wireless ones. Uh, tweezers, pliers, all sorts of tools associated with 3D printing are, are obviously favored. But it's one of those where there's just, basically, if you can think of it, there is someone who's made it already probably. Uh, and if not, you've got the ability to sort of make and design your own. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so with your 3D printer, you're kind of, um, are you going to try and fill some tool cabinets with it? Or is it just things you put on the top of your bench somewhere? What's A your little goal? bit of everything. I mean, honestly, the 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 system that's worked out the best was I printed off some bins to organize um, the hair supplies for my daughter. Okay. To hold bobby pins and scrunchies and <laughs> those sorts of things. It's been the yeah. one that's been the most used so far. Yeah, yeah, that's really fabulous. Um, yeah, you can. You, yeah, you, you could do kitchen things as well. Um, uh, I actually haven't seen anybody do that, but I'm sure they must be doing kitchen drawers with the 42, you know, the cubes or the grid. Um, well, this has really been wonderful, Michael. What what um. Uh, I know that you'll want to talk about whatever your passion is, but I do have a couple of questions about your prop making stuff. Is that yes. no? Is that something you said you're you're doing that full time? Uh, no, I, I have a day job. Okay, uh, it's like a hobby, like for the local theater group or or whatever. Yeah, uh, you can actually sort of see. Uh, I got a puppet behind me here that's okay. on the bench. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, what have you learned about doing making props? You probably have zero budget. That's usually what the community theater has. Right. I mean, that's the, the big challenge, which is why so many of my things are, are how can I make this out of foam or wood? Right. Because uh, I can get those cheaply. Uh, so like the show I'm working on right now for the high school is uh, something rotten. And I've had to do everything from make uh, a full-size loot, uh, Renaissance loot out of foam, uh, like I said, I got a puppet behind me. I have another one that's already done that's in a in his crate and ready to go. Uh, I made a, with the help of my wife doing the calligraphy, a Renaissance writer's notebook uh, uh -huh. that looks like it's well used with uh, sort of small scraps of leather and and paper. Wow. Uh, I just finished up making a, an eight foot tall whisk for the show. So I, the thing I really like about it is that I'm sort of constantly churning through learning and making something else. Yeah, that sounds really, really fantastic. And and they all, they have built-in deadlines where it's like you're either, you either get it, you're, you're finished or not, but either way, it's going to be behind you in another week. So, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really great. Um, I do recommend, I, I did some uh, set building for a while with our local theater and it was, it was fun. It was the same thing. I basically had very, I had almost no experience in the beginning, but I was willing and I had, you know, I was going to give the time. And so I, it was a great way to learn cool stuff. Yeah. Um, so what would you like to, to share with um, this audience? So I, I have a, my Instagram for props uh, at evil genius props. 
Okay. And uh, I'm actually starting up uh, with my wife a, a YouTube channel of sort okay. of just making stuff because, like I said, I'm constantly making something and it's never the same thing twice. Uh, and that's uh, Mike and Sheila make stuff. Okay. Well, um, and so uh, are you going to be doing the thing where you're recording as you make it, kind of like time-lapse stuff? Or do you have any idea of how you're actually going to, what format you're going to use? Probably some of that. Uh, and it sort of depends on what we're doing. Um, I sort of shot a test video uh, where I made, uh, where we live, we don't have streetlights and it's a little too rural. So taking my daughter trick-or-treating can, uh, I, I like to have some sort of light. So I did sort of an Indiana Jones costume and I made the the light from Raiders of the Lost Ark, the torch. Yeah. And put a light in the top and sort of, I filmed that as a, a quick video just to sort of, uh -huh. Here's what I'm doing and what my thought sure, process sure, is. Sure, sure, That's really fantastic. I wish you the great success. I I will add you to my list of 357 other YouTube channels <laughs> that I currently subscribe to. Right. <laughs> um, I can't get too much of them. I just love watching people that work, work because I learn. It's really, for me, it's the densest learning of how people learn and particularly those that, that record them when they make mistakes, how you recover from mistakes. Because for me, that's the difference between pros and amateurs is not that the pros necessarily make less mistakes, but they're much better at recovering from those mistakes. And um, so that's sort of one of the things I learned is, is you know, how to recover. Yeah, that's, uh, that's sort of what my my goal is, is you can see me make the mistake. So maybe you can see what uh, not to do and then how to fix yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my own mistakes are usually just like, I, I've gone over measured things twice. And by the time I get back, I have forgotten and I have the wrong measurement. It was like, yeah, write it down. I don't know. It's just, there's so many things, but it's really stupid stuff. Um, so, um, well, this has really been great. I really appreciate your taking time to join us um, and we'll have some show notes about your actual link for your YouTube channel and you have Instagram where you're making stuff. That's really fantastic. Hope you keep going. Thank you. This year, our cool tools blog will be 20 years old, which means we've been posting something new every day for 20 years. It's only possible because of the very engaged and knowledgeable readers and listeners like yourself. You've kept this place going, and we are very grateful for you. With this idea of 20 years in mind, um, we decided to try an experiment this year, and I'm inviting our guests and listeners to join me on our Cool Tool Show and Tell, which is the program that you're listening to right now. So if you feel you'd make a good guest on this podcast and have four uncommon tools that you'd like to share with us, um, please sign up on our form on the website and we'll see about inviting you. You must be comfortable taking all, talking on a video and um, you need to have some tools that you can show um, we record on, as you know, on Zoom. We do a YouTube version, a visual video version of it, as well as an audible version. 
fill out the form if you're interested and um, list your four, four cool tools and we'll see if there's a good fit. The applications aren't guaranteed in any way. Um, and we're looking at tools that are new to us and appropriate tools and um, whether the times will work for you. So um, we're really interested in hearing from people all over the world, not just in the US, although the tools have to be available online, easily available online. And um, if you are a longtime listener, you kind of know what the definition of our tools are. They're very broad. They can be anything that's handy from something in the kitchen to something used to travel to a workshop to something professional that we may not know about. We're really interested in things that we don't know anything about. So um, this is an open invitation. We'll give it a try. If you think you make a good guess for this podcast, um, fill out the form. There'll be a link somewhere on our website. Um, and we look forward to, to chatting with you. Thank you.